this morning. I believe if you could see it in your mind's eye, not just Jesus calling out, come home. It would be all of our fathers that are here who might have uh, wayfaring children that aren't with the Lord right now, aren't in church right now, aren't serving the Lord. I can just picture it in my mind as we, as we go through this message. Normally you would call this the, the, prodigal's, the prodigal son, but I want to call this the prodigal's father. And I want to point out some things to you about a good father. Now, of course, if you know your scripture, you must realize that the, the father in this message is the heavenly father, but it is also applies to us, and we're going to try to apply this to us as well. So uh, before we begin, could we have a word of prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, dear Lord, that you will touch our hearts and lives this morning. And I pray, dear Lord, that we have touched yours already with our worship. Now, Lord, give us the ability to learn from you, to learn from the word. I ask, Lord, for your blessing to be upon this sermon, upon my lips and tongue, Lord, upon my mind. Asking you, Lord, to receive all of this as worship. In Jesus' name, amen. And Luke Chapter 15, verse 11. And Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to, his, said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. The great folly of sinners is that which will ruin them. It is being content to have their portion in hand, now in this lifetime, to receive the good things only here. Not thinking ahead, not realizing that this isn't all there is. Trying to get all they can out of this life. And that's stinking thinking. I point this out to you. Sinners, look only at the things that are seen right there in front of them. That are temporal and desire only a present gratification, a present a present pleasure, but have no care or thought for the future. was watching a TV show just this week where uh, the, the stars, they've set them up as being these great, wonderful people. And then one of them says to the other, you know, there are consequences. I like that. There's consequences for choosing sin there's consequences, and the, the star of the show said, yes, but aren't we supposed to live for today and forget about the consequences tomorrow? That's stinking thinking. And in this case, the, the prodigal son had forgotten that there's more to this world than just living his life in pleasure and sin for a season. Again, verse 12, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Watch, 
A good father, a good father allows, allows his children the freedom to fail. There is so much rebellion when we, we overly restrict our children and keep them from rebelling. They will rebel. Sometimes the greatest lessons in life are learned when we fail. Only through struggles, only through struggles can they get strong. It's just an amazing thing. We need to be able to allow them to fail. The Heavenly Father allows us to make bad choices. He allows us to make bad choices so that he, we can see the failure, and he hopes we will choose the right way, the right way is his way as well. Verse 13 again. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, they sure go fast through that. But there are consequences for living riotous living, for having that in our life. He wasted all his money and time, not even thinking about tomorrow or the rest of his life. Spent it all in one big heap. I remember years ago, I was a security guard at Thomas Road Baptist Church, Liberty Baptist College. And I was, had a nice, quiet little beat that I, I worked. It was Saturday morning, and I was just supposed to, about every hour, make a tour, make sure all the windows and doors were locked. However, there was a basketball tournament going on in the high school gym. And I was at the far end of the property when I got a call. McClanahan, report to the gym. Fist fights. In a, a Christian, in a Christian high school? So I ran to the gym, and really this is an outreach to the community there, trying to get as many in as possible. So not all of them, uh, not all of them believed in self-control, and there was a very large, large black man. And when I got into the, the gymnasium, there were people all over the gym laying out that he had re reacted against, that he had fought, knocked him out. And here, he, I found out later he was a black belt in karate and did all this stuff. And, uh, and there was a, a group of people over here, a group of men, fathers over here, and they were going to attack him, and I don't know how far it would have gone. And all I had was God at my side and these fingers. And I went up to him and I put my fingers in his chest and I said, and I pushed him this way. I mean, I, I pushed him this way out the door. Let's get in the hallway. I want to talk. Get in the hallway. So we, we went out into the door. We went out through the door into a hallway and he said, they were calling me black names. They were calling me names, I don't want to repeat them. And he said, and I just couldn't take anymore, and I broke it, and, and now they're going to come and get me, and I'm going to show them something. Well, I had a really me big mess on my hand. And I said, now, 
your name is, is recorded. They know how to contact you. Yeah. And I said, then here's what I want you to do. Think about tomorrow. If you wade into these people, I think I use the term Billy Jack. Only a few people will recognize that. But if you wade into these people and knock some of them out, and they will then knock you out, and then there's consequences for all of this tomorrow. And this whole time I've got my hand up against his chest, which is about here. And I kept saying, there's consequences for tomorrow. I want you to go home now. Go home now. Leave. Get in your car. And I actually backed him out the door. He got in his car, squealed his wheels, took off. In the meantime, I had called my roving sergeant, who was an ex-policeman, and I called in a riot by, by a code number. I used the code 453 or something. And he was at McDonald's and he had a burger in his mouth and he uh, says he almost choked because he'd never heard that call before over the radio. But by the time he did get there, I had the young man out of the parking lot with all these dads mad at me. But I wanted to avoid that, that scene. So... He took down a quick report and he left and I guess he went back to McDonald's. Well, here come the young man again. He's coming for blood this time. He's thought about it. He don't care about tomorrow. So I had to call in a riot again at the gymnasium. And he said he had just pulled into McDonald's at the time. But again, I didn't let the guy get out of the car. I'm leaning like this and I'm holding the door shut and I said, think about the consequences tomorrow. This will pass. This is going to pass. And uh, he did. He left. And of course, they pursued it the, that day or the next day with the police department. But uh, you have to think about tomorrow. I think of this TV show. Let's, let's just have at it today and not worry about tomorrow. No. Almost every one of you dads here have some sort of story where you or others forgot about consequences tomorrow. This young man forgot about, hey, he didn't think far enough. What happens when I do run out of my money? Again, verse 13. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, and he took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Verse 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says it this way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Now, you all have heard that before. We need to remember when we sow bad things and we think we've gotten away with it. He was watching. He knows. He knows. Now, yes, he does forgive. But sometimes there are, there are consequences, even though we get his forgiveness. There are natural consequences. That verse goes on and it goes like this. For he that sows to the flesh shall eat, shall 
of the flesh reap corruption. And I, as I was sitting in the office, I was thinking of the many marriages that fall apart because of sin, of the children that lose, lose their parents or have terrible examples of parenting and what goes on with them. Wow. I, I, and the peace of God. But he, I want to go back one, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That everyday moment that you do spend in your devotional life, reading your Bibles in a time of prayer and taking the presence of the Lord with you, it's going to help you that day. But when you develop the habit of that, you will of the Spirit reap blessings as well. For later, when, when the hard times or the bad times come, you develop the habit of remembering God is with you. And it changes us. At verse 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. It's a season sometimes. We don't always reap the same day. But when we sow to the Spirit, when we take in the Word of God, when we, when we are doing our prayer life and practicing the presence, when we do that, in due season we shall reap. Not only there, and that's a good enough reason, but also here, here. In due season we shall reap if we faint not. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. Now, Jews, the Jewish nation, is not allowed to even touch a pig. That was, a, that was something forbidden. He'd been raised that way. But he ends up, in order to survive, doing, doing the thing that would be most egregious to his, to his spirit, to his life, to feed the pigs. And he would have filled his belly with the, the husk, the corn that the, the swine did eat. And no man gave him, no man helped him. Wow. Verse 17, And when he came to himself, when we feel isolated, when we feel alone, when we feel isolated without any help or hope, that's one of the great purposes of a good church. We've been isolated in our own little homes and now we're together. One of the purposes of a good church is that we not feel isolated. I don't, I hope, I, I hope for you that this is a true blessing just to look into the eyes and the, the, the hearts of like-minded people to know you're not alone in this. To know that we're all fellows in the same ship going the same direction. I hope you'll understand that. Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I'm here perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. That's what 
the sinner that's supposed to come back to God will say, a good father is approachable. Spend the time, quality time even, quality time. You know, my, my father spent, spent little time with us because he felt his, his greatest priority was to provide, and he did. I mean, we lived uh, not lavishly, but we, we never did without, not really. And his, he felt his priority was to be a provider. Didn't spend that much time with us. Actually, when I look back on it, because he was always at work, he was off one or two Sundays a month, and that was it. And uh, the time he did give us, or give me, was quality time. I remember it. I remember almost all of it. And uh, I want to point out to you, though, that fathers, sometimes it's not quality time. Sometimes it's quantity time. Giving more of yourself. It's a sacrifice. Yes, you worked all day. You worked all week. You did. You sacrificed. But when you come home, dads, your greatest job isn't over. Your greatest job is to spend time with your children. I want to point this out to you dads especially. If you go out that door, don't you come back. It's one of the worst things in, in life. I have heard that so many times in over 40 years of ministry. And I told them if they leave... Don't come back. Don't expect any help from me. No. Never say that. This father was approachable. This father was, you'll see, is waiting. He didn't say to the prodigal son, if you go out that door, you go down that path, don't come back. Don't come crying back to me. No. If your kid leaves, if when your kid leaves, and sometimes they leave under good things, under good reasons. But if your kid leaves, have an open door with them. And always be ready to step in to help. If you go out that door, you can always come back. Is what our attitude ought to be. Verse 18 again. He says, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. That's his plan. From the, from the corn crib with the pigs all around him, he's thinking this way. Still in his sin, but he's remembering how good it was back home. Do you remember how good it was when you were this close to God? That's one of the purposes for hardships for pain and suffering, is to remember that at one time we uh, had it better with God. I'd like to repeat to you four life lessons from this story. The first one is personal accountability. Be willing to accept the blame. When he gets back to the Father, he says, Father, I have sinned. I have sinned. I have sinned. It wasn't my friends made me do it. 
It wasn't uh, love made me do it. I thought I was in love. No, be willing to accept the blame. Be willing to say, I did it. If I did it, then I can fix it. But if I'm always blame shifting all the time, it can't be fixed. I can't fix others. But from this lesson, we see personal account accountability. Accept the blame. Four lessons. Number two, all sin is ultimately against God. I have sinned before you in heaven, he's saying. I have sinned against heaven. All sin, everything, is ultimately against God. I point this out to you because even when we sin with our body, we think we have the, the power over our bodies. We think we, it's our bodies. When we sin with it, we're sinning against the Lord. Father, he said in verse 18, I have sinned against heaven and before you. All sin is ultimately against God. Four life lessons. The third one is this. It is important that fathers give their children a good life. Now, not not necessarily a lavish or rich life, but a good life that should they leave that life, they would miss the good life. Do you see that? Sitting in that corn crib, the prodigal son said, I was much better off back home with my dad, with my, my dad and my mom. Four life lessons, the fourth being, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. PPJC, practicing the presence of Jesus Christ, all sin is committed before God. We must remember that. For some of us, that helps. It reminds us, before we say those wicked words to someone before we do our yelling and screaming would we do it if Jesus if we remembered that Jesus was standing right there as well it surely gives us a help in verse 19 I am no more worthy to be called your son to make me one of so make me one of your hired servants I'd rather be a hired servant in heaven than anything else. Whatever else we get is gravy. That sounds good. Humility is the great, is the great lesson of failure. Often we think too highly of ourselves. The son did. Just give me my money, I'm out of here. We often think too highly of ourselves. In Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction. Before there's destruction, there's pride. Pride goes before destruction. A prideful spirit goes before a fall. Before the fall, again, there was a, I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need dad's help. I don't need his help. 
pride goes before a fall. Proverbs 13.10, only by pride comes contention. Only by pride comes fighting and arguing. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and the arrogant way and the evil way and the froward mouth. Hate it. Hate it so you turn against it. Proverbs 29, 23 says, The fear of the Lord, I'm sorry, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So in verse 20, we see, And he arose, and he arose, and he came to his father came back. He didn't procrastinate. That's one of our problems is we get, we get a, a spirit, spirit within us that we should come back to God or we should stop doing this. Yeah, it feels good to have those kind of thoughts. Yes, I should do that. I, but then we let it sit and we don't act on it. It's just words. Oh, I'm so sorry, but we never act on it. He didn't procrastinate. He did exactly what he needed to do to make correction. He came back to God. In verse 20 again, it says, And he arose, came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion on him, and ran to him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. I know I've said this before, but the, a song years ago that came out, When God Ran, the first time I heard it, I cried. It just brought tears to, my, to me to realize when God ran, God runs to us. He's waiting on the end of that, of that trail He's watching for us to come back. Oh, why would we waste another day? Why would we ever go one more day in the corn crib when we could be in the arms of the Father? When God ran. And the Son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned in thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Here's the trick. None are. None of us are worthy. I don't care how good you are. I don't. We have to understand there is no goodness that gets us to heaven. A belief in Jesus Christ. Trusting him as Lord and Savior is what gets us to heaven. What Jesus did on the cross is what gets us to heaven. The rest of, a, of us, it's just a privilege to serve the Lord with our gifts and abilities and talents. None are worthy. But through His grace, He accept, accepts us. Verse 22, 
But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, he was shoeless, and bring the fatted calf, he was starving. Bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and now he's found. And they began to be merry. They had a big party. The angels rejoice when someone comes back to God. Of course, there's always the story of the good son, and I don't have time to get to that right now. But as most of you know, the good son was faithful every day. Faithful every day. He never took his portion. He never went wild into the far country. So he got angry and he got mad that the father had never given him a party, never given him a fatted calf, not so much as even a goat to have a party with his friends. You know, the, the truth to that is the blessing is to be used and to be faithful and to be a servant. We may not get the fatted calf here, but if we stay faithful and keep serving the Lord, the, the truth is, it is a privilege to serve the Lord faithfully, committed to the Lord, saying no to temptation and sin. That's the lesson of the, of the good son. A good father, yes, dad, he's a good provider. A good father is an easy forgiver. My, my, my father's dad abandoned the whole family with grandma and the children, uh, abandoned them during the Great Depression, just left. He, he was farmed out. My dad was farmed out to other farmers. He lived in barns and fed, and fed the livestock. But he forgave his dad. He forgave his dad and invited him back into the family. And we all, we, we just uh, enjoyed our grandpa. A good father is a good provider, yes. A good father is an easy forgiver, yes. And even when we forgive our children, when we forgive our children, we're showing them mercy and compassion. The story I bring up every year is my son throwing the rock in the, in the rock parking lot against the church and I having to discipline him. And the next morning, he said to me at, at breakfast, he said, you know, Dad, I really am sorry. And I said, for what? I forgave you. We're not talking about it again. And I remember that little boy, what was he, like five? He took his, his, his silverware and he went, I like it like this. Don't we? Don't we? Don't we like it that our God is an easy forgiver? When we show true sorrow and repentance, we love to have that board erased. A good father 
is a good provider, an easy forgiver, and he has great compassion. He has great compassion. Compassion is to feel the passion of others. Often it's the father, the father who is, has had a rougher life and has had to come through it and he, if he could remember where he was maybe at that age. But he has great compassion. And lastly there, he's a great lover. A great lover. Dads, the greatest the greatest thing you can teach and give to your children is to love their mother no matter what. Think about that. The example you're setting, love their mother. Support her, help her, serve her, even in front of them. Maybe especially in front of them but be a great lover of, of, of their mother. Be a great lover of them. Seek to spend time with them, serve them, help them to grow. It's hard. And you might, you probably will disagree with me. But I think, and especially now, it is harder than ever in history to live the life as a good kid, a good teenager, a good kid in this world with all the horrible distractions, the easy availability of sin. Be a great lover and be understanding. Our God is. God. God is always looking for us to come back. Would you bow your heads, please? With your heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe someone here finds themselves in the far country, finds themselves taking too much freedom and license during this time of the virus. Maybe, maybe you have seen too much opportunity and failed. But I just ask you to consider if you're in the far country, Come back. Come back. When you find yourself in the corn crib, just to survive, remember how good it was or how good it could be to be back with God. Oh my goodness, it's so wonderful to come back. And it makes Jesus so happy when you come back. He loves you so much. No one has ever loved you this much and never will. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross and allowed them to do terrible things to him that he might die in your place, that he might pay for your sins on that cross. And now... Can you picture him at the end of this long road waiting for you? 
Oh, I think a great sin is to make God wait on you to come back. What a great sin to make the greatest lover of your soul to have to wait for you to come back. Would you? Can you come back to God? Reestablish your, your relationship with Him. Make the commitment now to come back to Him. Reading the Word daily, praying daily, taking His presence with you, serving Him with your time, talent, and treasure. Would you make that commitment to Him now? Don't make Him wait any longer. Don't do it. He's too wonderful. And it's only going to hurt you every moment, every day you stay away. Might be someone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Might be someone here that should they die today, they don't know for sure that they would go to heaven or hell. Sure, maybe they've had an air of religion. Sometimes they think about God, but they're not sure should they die today. Listen, listen, let today be the day that you come back to Him once and for all, finally. He loves you. He will put His arms around you. He will give you the greatest of things in your life. Lord Jesus Christ, if someone needs my help to come back to you, let them pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, they'd say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know the penalty for being a sinner is that I have to go to hell. Oh, God, forgive me. You paid my penalty. I believe that. Come into my heart, Lord. Wash it out white as snow. Help me this day to start life over with you. And Lord, that I say, Lord, that prayer is for those who aren't sure of their salvation, who want their salvation, or to those who have been making you wait for them to come back to you. Lord, I pray you will show them great joy. You will give them that robe to put on and put your arms around them and even more fantastic that you're willing to run to them. You're going to run to them, Lord because you love us so much. And Lord, for our fathers, just as hard as it is for our children to live good Christian lives, it is also just as hard for our fathers. So many easy temptations. Lord, give us Give us, Lord, your forgiveness. 
as we as fathers, Lord, may we may have failed you and given in to temptation, even temptations of our eyes. Oh God, forgive us. And Lord, make us the servant of the family. Help us, Lord, to love our wives with self-sacrificing, serving love. Help us, Lord, to have wisdom with our children, to love them. Lord, I put all these fathers into your hands, each one with different gifts and abilities, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you, you will give us wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.